Welcome to season four of the Lighting Your Way podcast. This season, we will hear from all types of guests who share their experiences, their insights, and their personal stories. In this episode, we talk with Laura Sharp, the learning manager at the Florence Nightingale Museum in London, England. Laura also performs as Florence Nightingale Live, and it was during my month-long volunteer experience at the museum in September that I got to enjoy her performances. For 45 minutes, whether it's live or on Zoom, Laura brings Nightingale Live for children and adults alike. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did having it. Good morning, Laura. Welcome to the Lighting Your Way podcast. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me and good afternoon from a very cold London. Oh, it's cold. Oh, it's beautiful here in Philadelphia. So I I can't do anything about the weather. (laughs) Um, So, Laura, your official role at the Florence Nightingale Museum is as the learning manager, but you also are the star of the show, as I like to say, you uh, portray Florence Nightingale uh, in when the school children come in for group visits and also uh, during the weekends uh, for other guests. So yeah. tell me a little bit, tell our listeners a little bit about what your role is as the learning manager. Absolutely. So I, I like to say I have one of the strangest jobs in the world in that I spend half my time sending emails and organising visits and the other half pretending to be a Victorian lady. Um, (laughs) I've always, I've come from a theatrical background, so the option to dress up and get to play someone that I'm sure we can all agree is absolutely iconic. Um, It's just absolutely wonderful. So yeah, my job is to um, organise school sessions, um, both planning the content and delivering them and evaluating them and everything in between. So and this is a particularly busy time for you because it's uh, October as we tape this. And so school children are coming back to the museum now that the museum is open and the restrictions are uh, minimized. Yes. yes. So Florence Nightingale is on the curriculum for what's key stage one over here, which is five to seven year olds. So the museum is often full to the rafters with some very, very excited children, which is absolutely <laughs> lovely. Right. And and from my experience being at the museum, those children that come in are much more <laughs> aware of Florence Nightingale than I ever was between the ages of five and seven. And certainly some, as I teased you uh, when I was there, some of my nurses, <laughs> I think they know more than some of my nurses yes. do about Florence <laughs> Yeah. So how, how but long as I you... said, we, we fill our brains as we get older. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And and God knows um, I'm a little older than you, but nevertheless, let's not talk about that. So how long have you been portraying uh, Nightingale at the museum? Um, it's about the museum for six months now. So I joined the team just before we reopened. Um, the museum had been closed to the public for around two years as we are based on the hospital site. Um, so I, I joined at reopening. Um, so it's six months now. And and how did you prepare? Like, you're not a nurse by training, you're an actor. So how no. did you prepare for the role? Um, I just researched her as much as I could. I had 
a fairly good understanding beforehand, but the more I learned, the more of a complex character I found she was as well. Um, she's quite often seen as kind of a stereotypical, slightly angry Victorian lady who bosses everyone about, but actually you realise her family background and all the things she did around nursing as well. So I, I researched all of that and then, um, yeah, started to bring her to life. And I must say, once the dress is on, it's quite hard to not stand differently. I find myself <laughs> stand a little bit taller and my voice gets a lot posher. <laughs> <laughs> and I had the pleasure of being able to witness that when you when I was there volunteering <laughs> and you do a fantastic job, I must say. So thank that, you. Yeah, you're really doing it. Um, so why do you think it's, a, and what was interesting to me is to have that experience um, both as a volunteer and also having been to the museum several years ago to, to see someone uh, portraying Florence Nightingale. Why do you think that's important to folks who experience the museum? Well, I think because she is such an iconic character and as the whole museum revolves around this wonderful woman and her achievements, it seems only right to put her in that space. But it's also the old, um, it's quite a, a trope in education of show me and I'll forget, involve me and I'll remember. And mm -hmm. by having those conversations in role, people do feel like they've met her a lot of the time. Um, and I think remember things a lot more. And well, as, as you know, personally, and the nurses you met while you were here, all nurses want to take a selfie with Florence if they can. Why wouldn't you, given the opportunity? <laughs> That's true. It's true. Your fame, uh, you're enjoying your fame uh, in 2022. Um, to, like, and one, of the, one of the things that I got a kick out of was uh, the kids who are at rapt attention as you are sitting them in the museum telling them about your life or Florence's life. Yeah. Um, but you have also chuckled about some of the questions that the kids have asked. T tell oh, us some of the, the questions that kids Yes. Oh, it keeps me on my toes. It's such good fun. Um, at the end of the performance, I do say the very famous, uh, I died in 1910. And a lot of them have just trusted I really am Florence and that really does take them by surprise. So my most <laughs> common question is, how are you here if you're dead? Um, which <laughs> always makes me laugh because it's such a sensible question to ask, really. Like, why why wouldn't right. you ask it? Um, so then right. I have to discuss what leg legacy means and how we like to remember people once they've died. And this is how we remember Florence. And um, so, yeah, that's probably the most common. Um, but some more unusual ones I get, the children are often enthralled by the pets. So to any, any of your... Um, nurses that aren't familiar Florence Nightingale did have a pet owl and we are lucky enough to have the actual one at the museum um or the taxidermy version for the actual one um so I often get questions about the owl and what does it eat and Florence what's your favorite animal mm -hmm. owl Florence what's your second <laughs> favorite animal Florence what's your third favorite animal <laughs> um, so luckily I've, I've memorized most of the pets she had to answer those ones um and of course all six-year-olds just want to know when your birthday is quite a lot as well ah <laughs> oh, okay okay have, have ever has there ever been a child who shared Florence Nightingale's birthday like May, yes. May 12th ah Okay. Yes, I think my my favourite, though, was a public performance where a lady, it was the 13th of August, 
and a lady came in very excited that it was her birthday and I lovingly told her oh that's exciting it's my death day um (laughs) talk about talk about Debbie Downer geez (laughs) I was very polite (laughs) yeah and and when you like the kids ask the good questions what about what about adults Do, do the adults uh just get as animated as the children sometimes yeah and they um it's always very funny because some of them will preface it with, I know you're not actually Florence, but, and then ask me anyway, um, which I, I love because everyone wants to believe, don't they? It's much more fun that way. Yeah. Well, and we'll, we'll I, may, I might ask you some questions uh, later as Florence. So stand by. Maybe you can <laughs> channel, channel Florence into your answers. Um, so what do you, when you think, I mean, what other roles have you played? You said you've trained as an actor. Have there been other roles in your career that you've played? Yeah, so I've, um, I started off, I did lots of Shakespeare. Um, I played Hermia in A Midsummer Night's Dream, quite sort of classic things. Um, but in the last few years, I have primarily been bringing to life historical characters. Um, mm-hmm. So alongside Florence, one of my absolute favourites is Sylvia Pankhurst, the suffragette. That's a very, uh, very fun one to play. Okay. Uh, quite similar, actually. <laughs> Okay. And and where would that be in a in a play or is it a museum? Uh, so that was in schools, actually going into uh-uh. schools and getting children to do rallies in the playground. <laughs> wow. Jeez, I, I should have come to school in England. It seems like a lot more fun. <laughs> <laughs> I just had Roman Catholic nuns <laughs> who, you know, were playing their own role. Um, so what do you enjoy about about playing Florence Nightingale? I mean, I, I guess the historical character would be one of the reasons, but uh, are there any other things that's come to mind that make you uh, enjoy this role? I must say it always makes me laugh how many adults enjoy being told off by her. Um, I'm constantly checking the cleanliness of hands when people tell me they're nurses and it's just the reaction that everyone suddenly becomes a school child trying not to giggle as you tell them to stand up straight and that's That's very good fun. Um, But I think the other thing, I may not be a nurse myself, but I am actually from a family of nurses. Um, My nan and great grandma um, and my aunties are all nurses. So I always like to say that I snuck in the back way. I didn't do any of the training (laughs) you all did. I just get to take all the credit and pretend to be the nurse. (laughs) (laughs) Have you, have they seen you perform? Not yet. Not quite yet. Oh, Um, Lauren, come on. My nan is deaf to come up to London and see. Oh, I think that at the very least you should have a, a solo performance for them. Come Gosh, on. No. <laughs> no, okay, okay. All right. So um, are there other, I know that uh, the museum is looking for ways to expand and grow. Are there other ideas to expand the use of actors? I know you mentioned uh, in our, our conversation before that Mary Seacole, there's a woman playing yeah. Mary Seacole. Um, but are there any other uh, plans to kind of take your show on the road, take Florence on the road? 
yes so we we do do workshops in schools now as well um so we go into the the schools that are slightly further away and can't get to us we go to them which is great but we've also one one of the positive things to come out of the pandemic is everyone's become a lot more open to things like zoom so actually Mm. i do run sessions around the world now you you can zoom with florence which is very exciting um we've done all sorts of different different countries and different parts of the uk um so florence is going global well and and are the requests for the kind of the intro presentation is that is that the one that you've done in the museum where you talk about your life yes her life? so um similar to the performance you would have watched it's it's kind of we bill it as a 40 minute zoom with florence and um it's very much the life story right from being born in Florence in Italy, um, right up to her death and all the things she did along the way. But of course, it wouldn't be Florence if um, she didn't make everyone pull their weight. So you don't get to just lie back and watch it. You you are expected to join in at certain parts as well. <laughs> Thanks for the warning. <laughs> um, so let me let me switch a little bit and and kind of um, talk about your expertise in, in Nightingale and learning about her life. And and for yeah. me you know, really Nightingale, we know that Nightingale was, was perhaps best known for her work uh, in the Crimean War. But I, Mm -hmm. but I think after having been at the museum, I think really her best work was when she returned to England and, you know, kind of uh, despite being confined to bed, consulted on the design of hospitals and authored over 200 articles and books and worked in statistics and did all this stuff. And, just working from home, which puts a lot of people these days yeah. working from home to to uh, shame. But in in your opinion, you know, knowing and researching how you know this woman, what what do you think kept her so passionate throughout her career to do all the work that she did? Well, she says herself, doesn't she, that um, she would never give or take an excuse. I think she was just so driven to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. She believed that it was this calling she had from God. So it was everything she put her mind to. Um, obviously, she she chose not to get married and have a family. She was so dedicated. In a way, she was similar to a nun mm-hmm. in that she devoted her life to what she believed was was the right thing to do. Um, how she found enough hours in the day to do it all, I I will never know. Um, right. Right. I think her connections along the way were very useful, but yeah, I think it was just that that real belief that it was a calling. There was nothing yeah, else. I, I think, at least for me, you know, having known a, a, mostly about Nightingale, I, I did not realize the the religious calling that she mm. that she spoke of, um, but certainly drove her throughout her career, despite her. Um, opportunities to marry she chose not to which back in Victorian England was unusual yes very Um, much so so again and you know I know you have nursing in the family so now that you're an expert I'm going to ask you um, (laughs) how do you like when you think about all that she accomplished right what do you think she would be most proud of Oh, there's so many things you accomplished. I imagine it is, um, you know, that the change of nursing to becoming a profession that is respected, Mm. because when she was begging her family to be a nurse, 
it was seen as the lowest of the low. We have the Dickens character of Sarah Gamp that's this smelly drunkard, yet Florence completely transformed that to something that that people are proud of. She calls it an art herself, and I think she really did shape nursing as a whole. She'd probably completely disagree with me and hate me saying that, um, but I, yeah, I think that that should be what she's most proud of is that she created this global profession because it did go global from her um, that just right. wasn't right. wasn't really there before. Yeah, and I mean, back in um, the book, I think the, the seminal book that she wrote was Notes on Nursing was intended yes. really for lay people, is my understanding. Um, yeah. But yet has, according to my instruction at the museum has never been out of print which is <laughs> no, extraordinary, right and in multiple languages as well at this point right i and you read it and it's so apropos even to, to this day and certainly after covid it probably was more apropos mm. given the advice that she was giving which was very pragmatic and and uh you know, principled and, of course, now well-researched through the years, even though she yeah. didn't have a lot of research. Yeah, so, many of the, so many of those initial ideas have now become branches of nursing almost. Like my my favourite part is the pets are a good companion for the sick. And to her, that's just because it's something she found comfort in. Yet today we have therapy animals and support animals, um, which is exactly what she said. Correct. Correct. That's what I mean. When you when you read that, and as I met nurses in the museum, I would and we were around the bookcase that had the notes on nursing. Mm. I would say, "Have you read this?" And many of them said no, which I was surprised about because in the United States, at least, it is a you know suggested part of the curriculum. It's I don't think okay. it's required, but it's suggested. And when you read it, you think, "Wow, this is you know you could write this today." Right. Mm. Um, well, I always suggest it to people as well because it's just fun. I always just turn to a random page and see what her advice is for that day. Um, and <laughs> things like the the big rant against the crinoline skirts and she writes so passionately. But it is completely accurate. Wearing crinoline to work in is a ridiculous idea. <laughs> Especially when there's a fire, an open fire nearby, right? Yeah. <laughs> or a horse, horse-drawn carriage that you can get caught in. <laughs> see? You you don't think about this kind of advice, right? <laughs> so so if if you if Nightingale was speaking to nurses today, what what words mm -hmm. of wisdom would she offer? Because as you know, even in England, all over the world, nurses uh, through the pandemic have had a tough job, and many of them are leaving nursing. And uh, even today, uh, there's a lot of short staffing. Uh, in the hospital. So mm -hmm. when you look at the overall picture of nursing, what do you think Nightingale um, would say? Well, I think, I think she, I, I'll even put in the voice for you. I think she'd say, nursing is an art. You should never forget why you went into it and the difference you make every single day. And I think that's quite true. Like she was absolutely spot on. Nursing is both an art and a science and it is done by the most caring. So completely remember why you went into it. I mean, I'd prefer the quote, uh, a little gin would be more popular if people are uh, <laughs> struggling. But that's, that's personal preference. <laughs> uh, I do too. <clears throat> um, okay, so 
let me, and here's a question when I, when I think with all that, you know, uh, about Florence Nightingale, what would you like mm-hmm. our listeners to remember about her? Oh, there's so many things that she is a master of so many arts. It's, it's not just the nursing it's it's all the organization her work in statistics of course that is quite often completely forgotten i think it's it's don't underestimate how much she has shaped um so much more than clean hands obviously that's very Mm. important too um but yeah she's in so many different parts of healthcare and social reform as well that she fought for um so yeah just never underestimate florence Ah, I, I like that. Um, could, bu- uh, could possibly be a T-shirt or a button. <laughs> I prefer you'll go with the flow. <laughs> <laughs> Never underestimate Florence. Isn't there a book in the museum, Don't Say No or Don't Say No to yeah. Flow? One of the See? children's books. <laughs> Correct. One of the children, right. Um, <clears throat> so are you planning a a Florence tour in the United States? Oh, I'd love to. Is that an invite? <laughs> it it certainly would be you you are welcome to come i could get you a few gigs i'm sure <laughs> i'd love to <laughs> if not we've got zoom up till then <laughs> so laura let before we close let me uh ask you in case anybody who's listening wants to schedule a zoom with florence or uh contact mm-hmm. the museum how would they go about doing that so the best thing to do is to go onto our website, the Florence Nightingale Museum website. Um, there, there is a contact us area, so you can email us an info. Um, we also have tons of information on there. A lot of our um, museum exhibits are available to have a look at on the website too. And we have a lovely shop as well, should you want a Florence memento. Um, so yeah, the website's the best way. And there's also uh, social media. The Nightingale Museum is on social media yes. as well. Yeah, we're on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Um, and that kind of keeps keeps us updated and um, keeps everyone updated on all the events in the museum. So. Great. Great. Well, I, I have to thank you for spending time with me. It is uh, it's been a pleasure for me to meet you, first of all, and then to have you uh, as a guest on the podcast. Thank you for taking time. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been lovely to talk to you. And uh, hopefully we'll get you back soon again, please. We all miss you a lot. Uh, Thank you. Thanks, Laura. All right. Take care. Tell everybody I said hi. Take care. Catch up soon. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. If you have any questions that you would like us to address in a future episode, please email us at podcast at guardiannurses.com. That email again is podcast at guardiannurses.com. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for joining us this week. You can find the Lighting Your Way podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, YouTube, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you liked what you heard, tell a friend and leave us a review. You can learn all about Guardian Nurses Healthcare Advocates on our website, guardiannurses.com. So until next time, find some joy in your life Pet all the good doggies and kitties, and remember to tell your people that you love them. Take care.